You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. What does it mean to endure persecution? Find out in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are um, talking about a saying of Jesus that is also hard to understand. So this particular series, if you're joining us for the first time, I wish Jesus didn't say that. Another way of saying this is the hard sayings of Christ. Or there might be some things in the Bible that you hope was not included in the Bible. But I believe there are some things that are our favorite. You know, how many of you favorite yung blessing? Favorite yung provision? Favorite yung healing? Favorite natin yung salvation, right? We want peace. We want joy. We want these things. But there are some areas in Christianity that sometimes we don't understand. And so for the past three weeks, we've been talking about this. The first week, we talked about loving your enemies. And I believe that all of us are practicing this right now, right? 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 You're, you're loving your enemies, right? This is sometimes a very neglected verse. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to obey it because it's just so hard. It's hard to understand. It's hard to do, especially if you are like the underdog and you are, you know, some injustice was done to you. But yet Jesus said, love your enemies, pray for them, bless them, do good to those who persecute you, right? So the next time you see your enemies, just tell them, God bless you. <laughs> Second week, we talked about sell your possessions. No, this is a misunderstood verse. God is not interested in a poverty vow from all of us. But what this really meant was when he was talking to the rich young ruler, he saw an idol in the heart of that young man. And he was addressing an idol of money Thus, he said, if you want to follow me, sell everything you have, give to the poor, and then follow me. Now, the question for us today is, is there any idol in our heart? Because I believe that if there's any idol, that is exactly what Jesus will be telling us to give up today in order for us to follow him. Now, last week, we talked about hating our family. Okay, for the first time, natural na natural na ginagawa ito, di ba? Galit na galit sa familia. But anyway, you know, how can the God who said, love your enemies, also be the same God that says, hate your family. It doesn't make sense. But I, I believe, as we talked about last week, that hating your family does not mean that we neglect our family. Hating our family means that we need to love God above our families, right? Uh, of course, there's other sayings of Christ that are difficult to understand, but today we're just going to focus on one last thing that he said, and this is rather disheartening. This particular command, this particular promise is actually... His disheartening. This can actually cause separation in the family. This can actually cause loss of reputation. This can actually cause even death, you know, and difficulty uh, in our own personal lives. And this particular saying is, you know, that Jesus said is this statement. You will be persecuted. Turn to the person beside you and tell that person, you have just been persecuted. No, no, no. You will be persecuted. You will be persecuted. Yan. Alright. I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're going to be reading from John chapter 15. If you have a Bible, just turn to the book of John chapter 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That's the fourth book of the Bible. Verse 18 to 20. We're going to read from the ESV version. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. In verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world 
hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, the preaching of your word. We ask that you would give us, once again, open hearts and open ears to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Encourage your people, especially those who are going through persecution right now. Father, we pray, God, that you would bless everyone, and may we be strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. Now, how many of you have heard of this word persecution before? Okay, many of us are familiar with persecution. How many of you actually experienced any form of persecution? Whether you were a young man, a young boy, or you know, now you're old, maybe in the office, with friends, maybe in school. How many of you have experienced some form of persecution? Please raise your hand. Okay, we have some. Okay, so during the time of Christ, he was giving them a warning about the coming persecution. Of course, the disciples, you know, the original apostles were still following Jesus. And so he was giving them this warning that in the same way the world hates me, they will hate you also. Have you ever felt the world hate you? Na feel mo na ba yun yung parang galit yung mundo sa'yo, hindi ikaw yung galit sa mundo? Kasi may mga taong galit sa mundo, di ba? You know, but you know, sometimes the world, you feel that the world hates you. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about when you talk about persecution. In the first century, uh, during the Roman uh, Empire, uh, it was natural for Roman citizens to say, Caesar is Lord. So they were making a declaration that he is Lord, he is the ruler, he is the emperor. What he says goes. But yet when the Christians came out from their you know, from their hiding place, especially after Jesus went back to heaven and after the Holy Spirit baptized them during the time of Pentecost, they started declaring Jesus is Lord. And so when the Roman citizens would hear the Christians declare Jesus is Lord, they would say, these are atheists. Baliktad, no? Because that is kind of new to them. You know, how can you say Jesus is Lord? We just heard Jesus as a teacher. In fact, He died on the cross. But yet they missed out the detail that He rose again from the dead and He's alive forevermore. Thus, the declaration of Christians, Jesus is Lord. And because of this declaration, this caused them trouble. In fact, the word persecution, if you would look at the dictionary, it's a noun that means hostility or hatred. We talked about that last week. Remember the definition of hate in Miseo, right? Hate means hostile. This is not the other form of hate being comparatively lower in affection, but this is hostility. This means ill treatment. This is uh, due to difference in race, difference in political alignment, or difference in religious beliefs. Now, there are different kinds of persecution. Like, for example, in the Second World War, we see the, or we heard of the story about the Jews, how they were persecuted by the Nazi government. It's like a genocide. They, they wanted to be eliminated. They, you know, Hitler wanted to eliminate that race. How many of you know that is one form of persecution? Because of a race, because of a religious belief. Okay? Another form of persecution happening right now is you know, the Christians in Iraq. Okay? They're being persecuted for their faith. Maybe you're a student. You know, you're having persecution. 
in your class, you're being bullied, okay? In your class, maybe because you're different, or maybe because you're small, or maybe because you're cute, or maybe because you look like a nerd. I don't know, but, but there's a different, there are different reasons why people persecute or bully other people. I remember when I was a young boy, I was a bit small in my class, I think when I was in grade 2. And I went home one day, our uniform then was khaki shorts and white polo shirt. How many of you remember that kind of a uniform? You know, it's standard for boys, okay? So I would wear this shorts and then a uh, polo shirt that is white. And so I went home one day and uh, I didn't realize that one of my classmates uh, used the back of my polo as his art gallery. <laughs> you know, he took one pair of scissors and he ba- basically decorated the back of my polo shirt. And he did that. I kind of knew what he was doing because, of course, you will feel that, right? Somebody tugging on your back and he said, you know, don't move. I said, okay. <laughs> because there's a scissor right near me, okay? So when I went home, my dad, you know, saw the polo that's, you know, dilapidated, you know, distorted. And he told me, you know, don't ever let anyone bully you. I said, yes, sir. And I went back, and I started bullying my class. No, no, I did not do that. I'm still small. But I said, you know, couldn't remember exactly what I said, but the next time you bully me, I'm going to tell my daddy. (laughs) How many of you, it's safer to do that, you know, especially if you're small. But these things happen. It's a reality. You know, then it was like a physical kind of bullying. Now they use the internet to bully people. They put derogatory remarks. They put your name on Facebook. They actually put pictures about you and, you know, morph that picture into somebody you're not. How many of you know that is defamation? You know, sometimes you lose your reputation there. That is one form of persecution. Or maybe another form of persecution is because of the color of your skin. You know, and, you know, the African-Americans are right now going through this thing, even in the U.S., as we speak. You know, it's just a big news on CNN. You know, the, the people in Baltimore and even Cincinnati, the, the African-Americans are now doing civil disobedience and uh, protest because of a black guy who actually died in the hands of white policemen in a van. And so that's like a big news in the States right now. And so they're saying that we are being persecuted. And, you know, you would wonder, we thought that is already over back during the time of Martin Luther King, and yet this thing still happened. Of course, you don't want to generalize things, but somehow... You know, you can't really just stop persecution or racial discrimination from happening. So, my question for us this afternoon, is this the kind of persecution that Jesus is talking about? You know, when he said, you will be persecuted, is this just any kind of persecution? You know, I believe that there's a specific kind of persecution that he was talking about. What is this kind of persecution that he's talking about? Persecute comes from the word dioko. Everybody say dioko. That's from the Greek, which means to put to flight. Okay? So your stance is like this, okay? and then you start running away. Okay? So you, 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 know, you put to flight. You put to flight someone in the ring, okay? but anyway, let's not go there. And so that is what persecution is. When Christians, especially in the first century, were you know, harassed and physically tortured and abused, you know, sometimes they have no other recourse but just to get away. What is 
Christian persecution, this is actually a definition from opendoors.org, an organization that monitors modern-day persecution that's happening in different nations of the world. And the definition of Christian persecution is, Christian persecution is any hostility experienced from the world as a result of one's identification as a Christian from verbal harassment to hostile feelings, attitudes, and actions Christians in areas with severe religious restrictions pay a heavy price for their faith. Beatings, physical torture, confinement, isolation, rape, imprisonment, slavery, discrimination in education, and employment, and even death are just a few examples of the persecution they experience on a daily basis. Now, how many of you have actually experienced some of this? Anyone here? Okay. Some. Okay. Can you imagine? It's still happening today. But we're quite blessed to be in a nation that is very open to the gospel. You know, you can actually go share your faith in any coffee shop. You can go to the streets in any terminal, of a bus terminal, and share your faith, and you're not going to get any persecution there. But there are countries right now that are not just... Um, prohibitive, they're actually hostile to the gospel. You know, countries like China, North Korea, some, uh, you know, countries in the Middle East, you know, they would actually persecute and kill Christians because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the first century, uh, we, you know, if you look at your history books, one of the emperors that actually used persecution as a way of punishment uh, for Christians is the Emperor Nero. The Emperor Nero, uh, back uh, in that particular century, would use Christians and they would take them and put a pole through them and put them up and line them up on the streets of Rome and then light them up at night like a miracle post. The kind of persecution that ordinary Christians during that time would receive from evil emperors like Nero. The original apostles received such persecution. They, you know, many of them died and became martyr for their faith. Matthew was killed by stabbing. James, the son of Alphaeus, was crucified. James, the brother of Jesus, thrown from a height. He was stoned. Hindi yung bangag, okay? He was not high. Nakasabi, oh, he stoned. Yeah, I took the drugs. No. He was stoned to death and then beaten to death. Okay? John, he was tortured by Boiling oil. How many of you have actually had an experience when you were cooking and then this oil splattered on you? How many of you that was painful? Right? Can you imagine the Apostle John did not just have a splatter. His whole body was put in a boiling cauldron of oil. And guess what happened? He survived. Ginawa siyang bagnet. Malutong ang balat. Yet he survived. That's why I think one of his nicknames was, was Thick Skin. And then he was exiled in the island of Patmos. That is where he wrote the book of Revelation. Mark uh, was burned. Peter was crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross, the original X-Men. No, no, just kidding. Philip stoned Thomas, death by spear, and so on and so forth. question is, are we willing to be persecuted to the point of death? Turn to the person beside you and tell that person, are you ready? 
are you ready to go? You know, the reality is maybe there might be opportunities for us to do that, or maybe not. Maybe you're called here, and that might not happen. But in any form of harassment, that is still called persecution. I'm going to talk about the reality, the reason, and the response, just in case persecution happened. The reality of persecution is it happens all the time. Everybody say, it happens. It happens. Expect it. Expect it. Okay? And so, it happens in offices. It happens in homes. Maybe you are a believing spouse and your wife or your husband is an unbeliever. And you are receiving a persecution right now. That is real. Maybe if you are a, uh, a student or maybe uh, you're the only one who's a Christian in your family and your parents are persecuting you, that's, that's real. Many are still going through that. They're being ostracized because of their faith. So in John chapter 15, verse 18, it says, If the world, what? Hates you. Know that it has hated me first before it hated you. So the encouragement is, don't worry. Jesus was persecuted. You and I will be persecuted. It's a reality. Why is that? In verse 19, it says, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Because there's no difference. But the thing is that because you are not of this world, talk to the person beside you, you are not of this world. You are not of this world. You are an alien. You are an alien. Literally, we are aliens. In the NIV version, it says, we are aliens of the covenant. Okay? We're not from here. We're from Mars, right? But the reality is our citizenship is no longer here on earth. We are pilgrims here. The moment you got saved, your loyalty, your allegiance is no longer here on this earth. In the worldly system, so to speak, our allegiance and loyalty is in the kingdom of God. We are not of this world. That's why when the world looks at you, you're different. There's some marked distinction. How many of you have actually you know, seen some change in your life the moment you became a Christian? Anybody here have seen any change in your life? How many of you know that people notice the change in your life? And because they see the change in your life, guess what? They will say something about us. You know, have you ever wondered why if there's something that a Christian does, it's headline news? Christiano, ganito ginawa. Pero yung mga iba, hindi naman. Why? It's because people are watching us. People are trying to disprove our faith. People are trying to you know, point the fact that you know, that's just a fad and what you're going through right now is it will not last. You're just doing things temporary. You're declaring that you are actually believing in the Lord and yet that emotion or that particular conviction will not last. But I chose you out of this world, therefore the world hates us. Basically Jesus, out of the many people that we were chosen by God, many are cold and few are Frozen. I don't know. Many are called, you are chosen, right? We're chosen. We're chosen by God out of this world. Verse 20, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. They will persecute you. You know, each month, according to the study of uh, Open Doors, about 322 Christians are killed for their faith. Each month. Everybody say each month. 
Last April, 2015, on the average, 300 plus Christians died for their faith. 214 churches and Christian uh, properties and establishments were destroyed or burned. This happened even in southern Philippines, in Mindanao. 72 forms of violence are committed against Christians every given month. One particular group that is very radical against Christians is this group called ISIS. How many of you have heard of this group? You know, ISIS basically beheads Christians, burn them, and shoots them. You know, one particular you know, picture, they're about to execute the Christians. You know, that's normal for them. You know, whether it's in Libya or in Syria or even in Egypt, you know, this group ISIS, the Islamic State, is declaring, you know, war and jihad against every form of Christian belief. How is that? Simply because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Indeed, all, everybody say all, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be, will be persecuted. That's a given. You and I will go through some sort of persecution. And what's the reason for that? Why will we be persecuted and how should we be persecuted? What's the reason for our persecution? Okay? Chapter 15, verse 21. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name. We will be persecuted and the valid Christian persecution is because of Jesus. Because you are a Christian and declaring your faith and standing up for what is right, guess what? That will rock the boat. Are you still ready to declare your belief and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. For example, if you're a Christian and in your office, your boss persecutes you, Lagi kang tinitira, pinagiinitan. How many of you sometimes may ganun ang feeling mo? Parang pinagiinitan ako nito. Ah. You know, you got stuck in that position for 15 years, never promoted, never received a raise. What a man. Why is that? Is it because you're a Christian? I hope so. Because if the reason is that you can late, ang sungit mo sa mga kliyente, you're a gossiper in the office. Christian ako, pero ang hiling mong mag-gossip. Pagpuyin natin si ganito, yung pala gossip lang. Then that means that you're not persecuted for the sake of Christ. You're persecuted maybe because of a character flaw. That's not the same kind of persecution that Jesus was talking about. Are you getting this? We're persecuted simply because we're standing up for what is right, not because we're obnoxious to everybody. And sometimes Christians have this tendency. You tend to persecute other believers. Hi, hindi ka Christian? You're going to hell. You're the one persecuting others. You're being obnoxious to them. You're actually, you know, judging them in a negative sense. That's why people hate you in the office. That should not be the case. Now, because that is not an attractive life. What if you have an attractive life and yet you're not receiving any persecution. Maybe the reason why you're not receiving any persecution is because nobody knows you're a Christian. You're a secret agent Christian. Shh. I'm the Lord. I'm a Christian. But everybody knows you're not a Christian. They think you're not a Christian because you're not acting like one. Then that's compromise. The ideal a, a situation is you're a believer, 
and you have an attractive life, and you're declaring, I will stand up for what is right. You know, I received an email the other day, and, uh, you know, this friend of mine was, you know, basically testifying what happened. And she said, you know, Pastor, I actually lost, uh, I actually closed down my business for the past 15 years. Unfortunately, my accountant was not able to file the closure of my business with BIR. So BIR thinks that I'm still operating my business. So I was given a tax penalty for the past 15 years, which is really, really high. I started to panic, and I asked my accountant, can you talk to BIR and you know, ask for mercy, plea for mercy on our behalf? And so the accountant went to uh, talk to BIR, and the BIR went back by saying, okay, you can actually settle this outside the BIR office, and all you've got to do is to pay this. You know what I'm talking about, right? And the BIR is asking for this huge amount. Okay, we'll settle this outside, and we're going to forget your records. But this lady was a strong Christian. Said, I'm not going to do bribery. I'm not going to pay, you know, uh, you know, in BIR people, it's not legal. And so the accountant was actually persecuting her. You know, gawin mo na. Yan ang lakaran. How many of you have heard of that statement? Ganyan talaga yan. It's systemic. You cannot change the system. All you got to do is to ride the wave. But she said, I'm going to stand for what is right. I'm not going to pay. And I'm going to meet with them. And so finally, she got a meeting with the BAR officials. She started praying for that. And she was given favor. Just to make the long story short, she was given a favor to cut all the penalty into like a major portion. And uh, she's doing it the legal way now. In fact, she's now thinking of firing her accountant. Okay? But she's now thinking, maybe I should minister to my accountant because I definitely the accountant saw her conviction and how God turned things around for her. You know, what's your story? What's your conviction? Will you just let the world dictate its way and then you follow the ways of the world? Or will you go the opposite direction? And guess what? The moment you take the opposite direction, you will be persecuted. Amen. Turn to the person beside you and tell that person, Ibaka. Ibaka. You're different. You're not anymore of this world. Amen. We are not of this world. We don't anymore subscribe to the system of the world. Now, when Jesus said this, world means here cosmos. It's a certain system of the world's way, the way the world does things. We don't subscribe to that any longer. We're different. You know, I was sharing this story this uh, morning, this whole day, about these four young men from our church who were working in a telecoms company back in the 90s. And they were part of the sales force. And one of the practice of that particular company is it's just normal for them to bring their clients to girly bars and to do under-table deals so that they can actually close the sale. How many of you are familiar with this? Okay. Normal daw yan, okay? So what these four strong believers said is, we're not going to compromise. And, you know, what they did was, because they're being now persecuted by their other sales uh, buddies, and so they said, we will not do what you're doing by doing under-table deals. So they said, we'll prove to you that God will give us sale even if we don't do those illegal acts. And guess what? That same year, they actually broke the company records by being the top four salesmen of the company by not doing under-the-table deals. And so when the president found out, what did you do? What's your secret? Sabi niya, boss, simple lang. Wala kaming lagay. 
We did things the right way. And when the boss found out, he practically changed the policy of that company. He declared, from this time on, we will no longer allow illegal transaction and under-the-table deals in this company among our sales force. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise for that? We can turn the tide if you just stand your ground. Everybody say, stand your ground. You know, one particular country in uh, the Middle East is uh, Uzbekistan. Everybody say, Uzbekistan. Ito yung, di ba, yung Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Rustan. Di ba, lahat ng mga Ustan, di ba? Magkakatabi These are, like, many of these are like Muslim uh, or atheist nations. And so, this particular country is number 15 in the hostile nations against the gospel, according to the Open Doors organization. Now, there's this certain guy named Abdurrahim. I think he's a doctor who was charged with a certain fee and actually was put into prison because of this simple act. As he's treating his patients and doing rehab with them, patients who were addicted to uh, alcohol and drug abuse. What he was doing is, as part of his therapy, he was reading the Bible to them. And as he was reading the Bible, the officials found out and he was actually put to prison because of reading the Word. That is a reality that's happening right now. Pray for me, okay? I'm about to go to China in, uh, in two weeks' time. We're going to be meeting with all our pastors in China. Actually, we're going to be meeting in Guangzhou. And uh, basically, there was, last, I think last month, there was like a crackdown on a church in China. It's still happening. You know, they, they are monitoring some of the church activities there right now. And I remember when we were a young church back in 1992, when we were still small as a ministry, some of the pastors from Metro Manila and the provinces went to China to actually smuggle Bibles, okay? Uh, so we, were, we went there. We actually uh, wore some vests with pockets. And each pastor has about 36 Bibles in his pocket. And we're going to go through that immigration. And I was praying, Lord, if I don't get back, bahala ka na kay Shirley. Parang gano, no? I was praying. You know, I went through the scanner. You know, it was fine because the instruction was once you get into China through Shenzhen, you're to go into a hotel, go into the bathroom of that hotel. There's a bag that is waiting for you there. Empty your pockets of all the 30-plus Bibles. Para tong 007 talaga. I mean, it was literally just scary. Okay? So we went there, put all my Bibles, left the bag there because another pastor will come into the bathroom to fill that bag with Bibles. Eventually, that bag will be taken into the bus to be brought into the countryside. We were 15 pastors. When we were waiting for our time to enter the immigration, because that's like upon entry visa, and so I got my visa, went through, no problem, praise God. So as I was going back now, because I'm done with my delivery, I saw some of my pastor friends who were now being interrogated by the immigration officer. Apparently, there's one guy who got so radically excited, he didn't just fill his bags with this uh, vest with Bibles, he took one whole luggage with Bible. Okay, and I said, Hindi <laughs> kilala And I went out. But I was praying, Lord, I pray that you deliver this guy. And so we went back to Hong Kong. That's our rendezvous point. And so we were waiting like for several hours for the guy. 
Finally, he came out after about maybe 10 hours. And we asked him, so how are you? I'm not going to do that again. I thought they're going to behead me. <laughs> but anyway, so that's a reality. Of course, now we have digital Bibles anywhere. But that is what's happening in many hostile nations out there. And how many of you really appreciate that the fact that we are actually, you know, uh, freely, you know, opening our Bibles on our lives. Sometimes you don't have just one Bible. You have a Bible in your home. You have a Bible in your office, in your car. My question is, are you reading your Bible? Ayan na. Let the person beside you and tell that person, read your Bible. Ang daming namamatay para makabasa ng word. And we have so much freedom here. And we don't even read the word and meditate on the word. First Peter chapter 4, verse 14. I'm preparing to close. In the message verse, it says, If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate or blessed. This is from the message version. It's the Spirit of God and His glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. So, if you're persecuted, guess what? God set you up. Okay lang yun. It's for His glory. But in verse 15, if they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. So we're talking about a different case, okay? Because you're being obnoxious or lack of character. But if it's because you're a Christian and don't give it a second thought, be proud of that distinguished status reflected in that name. Next is how do we respond to persecution? John chapter 15 talks about the Holy Spirit, our helper. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness. Everybody say, I will bear witness. Because we are all witnesses, right? The Bible says, and you will receive power from the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. Because you have been with me from the beginning. How do we respond? We respond, number one, in faith. Everybody say, in faith. We pray for those who persecute us. We're going to believe for salvation for them. If it's your parent who's persecuting you, don't curse them. (laughs) Pray for them. If it's a friend that was close to you and then suddenly, because you became a Christian, suddenly, you know, cuts his relationship with you, pray for him. If it's a boss, if it's someone in the office, pray for them. Be in faith. Second is courage. Everybody say courage. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of courage, of love, and of sound mind. We're not to retaliate. The next response is meekness. In the same way that Jesus Christ was meek on the cross, He even prayed for those who persecuted Him. Remember that prayer? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they have done. In John chapter 16, verse 1, Jesus continued on by encouraging his disciples by saying, I have said all these things, this persecution, this hardship to you to keep you from falling away. He was giving us a warning so that as believers, just in case you go through this thing in your office, in your home, in your school, among your family members, do not fall away. Tell the person beside you, don't fall away. Hang in there. Okay? Romans 12 14 says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Why is that? Because ultimately, we will have a reward in heaven. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 to 12, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Not just for anything, it has to be for righteousness' sake, for the sake of Jesus. For theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. How I wish 
that our reward is right here, $100 million. Maybe sometimes the reward can be here by God delivering us. But Jesus promised that our reward will be the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you. And he said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you and falsely on my account. Rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great. Our reward is great where? In heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. How many of you know that when you receive a reward in heaven, that is an eternal reward? We live here on earth temporarily. 70 years, 80 years if you have the strength, and if you're really, really strong, maybe 90 to 100. But 100 years is nothing compared to the eternity that is promised to us by Jesus. And if we do get persecuted, our reward will be there. We're actually advancing it already. And when we receive the promise, it will be given to us by God. main point I want to share tonight is persecution follows those who follow Christ. Now, how many of you are followers of Jesus? Please raise your hand. The promise is persecution will follow us. The question is, what kind of persecution? My prayer is that it is because of righteousness' sake that we are persecuted. And when do, the times do come that you, are, you and I are persecuted, respond in faith, respond in courage, and respond in meekness. Thus, Jesus gave this promise as He was ending the next chapter in John chapter 16. He said, I have said these things to you that in me, it was a in me, in Jesus we may have peace. He is shalom. He is the Prince of Peace. Peace means nothing missing. Nothing broken. You know what? In the eye of the storm, though everything is going out in shambles, there is perfect peace in the middle of the storm. You may be going through a storm right now, but if Jesus is with us, there is peace. Amen? And He said this, In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. Everybody say, take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. He knows your situation. He knows you're persecuted if you're going through persecution right now. And He's saying, take heart. Don't ever let go. He's praying for us not to fall away. Let's bow our heads right now as we pray. Father, we thank You so much for Your promise. Thank You for Your promise of peace, God. There may be times that You may deliver us. There may be times that maybe we're not delivered. But in the midst of that, we will still choose to honor you and to obey you. Now, if you're going through some sort of persecution, as all heads are bowed down, every eye closed, if you're going through any form of persecution, you know, from maybe from your office, maybe through your friends, maybe in your family, maybe in your school, I want you to lift up your hand right now. I want to pray for faith. I want to pray for courage. I want to pray for wisdom as well, how to respond properly. Yes, just lift up your hand before the Lord. Maybe you have, a, you have a, an unbelieving spouse that persecutes you. Maybe you have a, a dad that persecutes you and they found out that you're a Christian and now they want to cut your support or whatever, your inheritance or whatever. We want to pray for you for that. Father, we thank you so much for these people, Lord God, for the opportunity to glorify your name. Lord, maybe they're in a situation that is not easy, but Lord, we're asking that just like 
what you've promised, Lord God, that we, as we go through persecution, that you will never leave us nor forsake. I thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. He will give us the words to speak at the right time, Lord. And even right now, we pray, God, for faith to rise up from within. That as we go through this form of persecution, Lord God, that we will pray for them, Lord, to bless them. Even pray for our salvation for those who persecute us. May we have the courage, Lord God, never to give up. And may we respond in meekness. That when afflictions do come, may we respond just like Christ. May we become meek so that our life will be attracted to them. That despite the fact that they're hurting us, we are still able to give them kindness and love. Because this thing is just an overflow of our relationship with you. So Lord, bless your people even right now. Protect them, Lord. Thank you, God. You will take away every discouragement and heaviness from their heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.